Hey everybody, welcome to the Friday Night Lights podcast dedicated to the TV show Friday Night Lights on DirecTV right now and on NBC coming in this summer. Um, I'm Blake and we're here with Pat and Russ. Hey, what's, what's up? Going on? Um, and it is Friday morning and uh, we are not participating in Black Friday and going shopping. Nope. But, but uh, how was is, how is everybody's Thanksgiving yesterday? No, it was awesome. I went and saw family and uh, I did the whole... You know, hey, we eat turkey. We sit around and watch football. I ate too much. I, I learned last week. I learned this year why we eat turkey for Thanksgiving, though. Do you guys know why it is? Because it's such a bland bird. It's kind of so flavorless and boring. But do you know why we eat it? For the tryptophan? No. We can get sleepy otherwise. Um, the uh, It's like back from the colonial times, you, you know, when they wanted to have this Thanksgiving feast, they wanted to figure out the best animal to use. They, a cow was worth more alive than it was dead. A chicken was good and had more flavor, but it was so small it couldn't feed a lot of people. You know, they liked to eat venison, but nobody wanted to go out and, like, chase down their holiday feast. Uh, and then they decided on turkey because uh, it was a big bird and it was easy to raise and fatten and kill. And so, and they got tired of eating pigs all year long, so they had turkey on Thanksgiving. And we still do, even though... It's weird. Things you never knew. That's right. Man. Sounds like, somebody, sounds like somebody's killing a turkey in the background in one of y'all's. Pat, are you a history teacher? I am today. <laughs> well, uh, I agree. Yesterday was a day of, uh, of a lot of food and probably more than I needed. And uh, But then I was able to sleep well. But I woke up with a, a couple of frogs in my throat, it sounds like. So if it's pretty raspy, my apologies on the front end. But uh, as everybody knows, this week there was not – a Friday Night Lights episode on, on Wednesday night. They're taking a week off, and we'll get into later in the show some things that we see coming up in the next couple of episodes maybe, but specifically um, next week. But um, because we have a week without an episode, today we were going to talk about TV in general. We started to put it in last week, but realized with this natural break it made sense. But uh, just about how TV seems to be falling in place, how it's uh, such a huge part of everybody's lives these days, it seems and um, how much should it be, but then again, how it relates to movies. And Pat had come across some uh, an interesting podcast he was listening to on Slate.com. Pat, tell us about that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Slate podcast. I try to listen to all of them. You can get a different one every day. I try to listen to them. One, they have the Political Gab Fest, which has this brilliant lady named um, Emily Bazelon on there who does their um, reporting about the Supreme Court. But she's also a huge fan of Friday Night Lights. In fact, Slate ran... Um, a blog update about Friday Night Lights the last couple of seasons, and they are planning on doing it again. And she's the one that writes it, the one that mainly writes it um, after every episode. So you can check that out. But they do it during the NBC, yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll do it during the NBC. Anyway, Emily Bazelon was talking on the the Slate podcast about how she, how so much about TV now is... um, it's so popular, it's so everywhere, and it's really enjoying another heyday where TV is is uh, just kind of ubiquitous in our culture. And she made a statement that that TV is the Dickens of our time, and uh, I think that's a really deep statement. There's a lot of different ways that you can come about and look at it, but I kind of feel that same way too. And um, you know, it's weird that I don't own a TV, I don't have cable, I don't have any of that, but I watch as much TV, if not more TV, than anybody else. I mean, that's what my wife and I do before we go to bed. That's a, a part of our daily routine here. And then when I get together with friends like you guys, um, we sit around and talk about TV. We talk about Friday Night Lights. We talk about Lost. We talk about The Office. I mean, it, it's everywhere. And so I, I kind of interpreted that to mean that, that it, it is becoming a staple of our culture so much that it's it's a connection that we share. Now, sometimes it's a little bit more segmented 
than it used to be. You know, used to everybody watched Johnny Carson before they went to bed. Right. Everybody who had a TV watched um, Lucille Ball and was just knocked out by it. Um, but it's a little bit different now. But still, I think it's it's just as powerful and just as important as uh, as it's ever been. I think it's a I think it's a neat thing. You probably need to clarify that statement. I don't have a TV, but my wife and I watch it every night. Uh, we watch through our neighbor's window. <laughs> I have really big windows. No, we watch, we actually watch it on Hulu most of the time, or on the uh, the sites on the internet on my laptop. We just kind of set it up there on the bed and watch it, and uh, it's awesome. Because we don't have to worry about setting the DVR. We don't have to worry about it sitting down in front of the TV at a certain time. We don't have to worry about it being too loud. Um, but like the baby, I mean, just it's just uh, it's really convenient now. And so it's a, a part of our life. Um, I like the idea of um, it being the Dickens of our time. I think that's kind of a cool quote just because. Something I've noticed more about TV is that most stories with at least most of the television shows I watch are serialized, but they're all a part of a overarching narrative. And that's the way Dickens wrote. Most of his stuff came out in like in serial form and all his novels were written kind of um, week to week or month to month. Or, and I, I think it's kind of that's kind of the way TV goes is because 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it, there were lots of things that you could watch and all the episodes were autonomous, but you can't get a TV show that doesn't have an overarching story. That It's hard to find a TV show that you can just watch one and be like, oh, right, and just pick up on everything, unless it's like CSI or something like that. But right. all those TV shows, The Office, Friday Night Lights, Lost, um, all these things that we're talking about, you're lost if you try to pick it up in the middle of it and – I think that there's a lot more time and effort that's being put into TV, and people are putting a lot more time and effort into watching it, too. Do you think expectations have risen because of that, too? Because, you know, Lost has been so popular, obviously, and I have people that say, well, I can't watch it because I have no idea what's going on, but then as long as they have an Internet connection, they can catch up almost all the way to where the next season is about to start. But I wonder now, you know, you, Lost is about to go into its last season, and so people are – are now trying to replace it with Flash Forward or V or some other semi-science fiction drama uh, show. And uh, Flash Forward, I think, started off well, but I think it's starting to, to falter, it seems. But I wonder if expectations of, of the narratives that you follow in the story arcs with television series, if that's ra- risen so high, the expectations, that they've risen that other shows can't match up and so they fall off too quickly. I think the 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 thing about TV is that it's, you talked about Pat people watching Carson years ago or um, uh, it doesn't happen as much anymore because everything is so um, niche everything falls into like tiny categories right I think what we like as a as a culture and as a society kind of becomes more fragmented and segmented and you know lost as popular as it is does not get near the ratings that any hit show would. 15, 20 years ago because there's just much more to watch. There's much more to watch on cable. I mean, the reason people watch Carson is because he's the only thing on. Yeah, there are two or three channels total. Yeah. Now you have Leno before. You have Kimmel. You have Letterman still. You have, um, I mean, George Lopez. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that you could watch. George Lopez. He has his own own, uh, late-night talk show. on like No. I'm just kidding. 
That's punch. That's, that's Eric Estrada. I'm just kidding. Um, but those guys are those guys are really suffering with their ratings, um, too. I mean, hmm. all those shows are just about unbearable unless something really fantastic happens. But for the most part, the, those guys are really struggling to get an audience too because I think the medium's changed. I think it's I think the expectations have changed. Like Blake says, you know. It's, it can't. It's not really that big celebrity driven. Ooh, ooh! I want to see Dave Matthews on Letterman tonight. Well, no, I can watch. If it's really good, I'll watch it on YouTube tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it's just the medium is changing uh, so much. You got these these overarching story arcs, like like you were talking about. You also have people love characters now. They love being drawn into the characters, and that can happen on a television show a lot more easily than it can on a movie because you have so much longer. I mean, that's why um, Friday Night Lights is so strong. That's why Lost is so strong. Um, well, one of the reasons why Lost is so strong. Uh, but you, you just kind of get sucked into these people's lives. Um, and, and I think that the third expectation that's really been raised is, is an expectation with dialogue. Uh, I think 30 Rock is probably the, the highest form of comedy um, out there right now, just as far as dialogue and the way that it, it weaves itself in. I mean, the, the things that those people say are moving at 100 miles an hour. Um, it really is kind of like the evolution of Monty Python uh, now for a more, uh, just a more tech-savvy, more media-savvy world. And I think the expectation has really grown a lot since then. Well, yeah. I think that's kind of the things you expect from from TV. And, you know, the big the big difference between TV and movies now is that if a movie is big and it's like a big um, studio production, it's so massive that it doesn't feel real. Like visually, I mean, like The Dark Knight was the best movie probably over the past 10 years and it it just seems so so big that it doesn't seem real. And so when you're talking about TV, you're talking about something that the budgets are smaller you know, it's week to week, so I think dialogue kind of it has to seem realer, even if it's even if it's very fictional. It it has to seem you have to find some way to connect because you won't just be blown away by effects or anything like that because they don't have the they don't have the money to do that. And I think that's kind of what um you know we have movies that come out uh, used to be two or three movies a weekend and that would be it, but now there's five, six, seven that come out, right. and so it's like oversaturation and the movies that really stick with me are the ones that have smaller budgets and the one that have really good dialogue, unless it's like a big, um, or the ones that are just a train wreck, like transformers Two, <laughs> which we talk about all the time because it is so wretched. Yeah. Transformers Two is, I mean, really like you go into that movie and you're like, it's going to be robots fighting. Like that's, right. and I, you don't have very high expectations and you're like, Wow. It does so. That wasn't even good for robots fighting. Like right. I did not have high expectations. Did you know that <laughs> did you know that the voice of Optimus Prime is also the voice of Eeyore on Wii? Yeah, the it's Peter Cullen. He's the guy who was the original voice of Optimus Prime in the in the cartoon. cartoon. So do you think that uh T V writers, writers for television uh series is are in a catch twenty two of sorts? Because we're saying and in a green that people like to have the the story that spreads, if not from series pilot to series finale, at least stretching over a season or so or a number of episodes. But to be able to drag along um, us as fans. But then again, does it make it more difficult for somebody to try to turn the show on, say, 
episode five and have missed the first four. So if they haven't bought in at the beginning, they're out. Right. I, I agree. I mean, we'll never have another Cheers. Um, I don't think, or even really Friends. I just, I just think the medium has changed. If it, if we we'll have, if we have another one of those kind of shows, it'll be a long way in the future because what people want is different now. Uh, Friends and Seinfeld. I, I have a, I haven't watched Modern Family. I know a lot of people are watching that. I, I don't know. That seems like it would be a little bit more serial in nature. You know, the, what's funny about TV though is like the really popular stuff, the stuff that makes the most money and has the highest ratings are things that really are the things that are the things that we're not talking about, you know, cause it's like right. CSI Miami and Dancing two and a half stars. men and all that kind of stuff. Wheel of fortune. Dancing yeah. with the stars. How I met your oh. Yeah. Um, I was say reality TV is, is something that used to be really high and now is, has taken a drop off too. Thank God. <laughs> But there's really, you know, there's only so much you can do. You know, I think that, I think that something happens is is that there's no new ideas anymore. Like m- movies drive me crazy right now, uh, and I know that I keep talking about movies, but movies drive me crazy right now because think of who has won Academy Awards for Best Actor over the past past year. They have never played an original movie character. It's either been it's based on somebody who was really alive or based on somebody who was a literary character before they were in a book and it got right. made into a movie. And, and I, I think part of it is there's really no new ideas. And I feel like Hollywood and movies a lot of times have lost touch with like real, real people. I think Pat hit it before when he said that the movies that people really seem to identify with now are some independent originals. But like you say, there's so many now TV shows from our childhood and even beyond that are being made into movies. You had the Land Before Time. I mean, I mean not Land Before Time, but um, <laughs> Land of the Lost, which was the worst <laughs> show ever. Land of the Lost, uh, Dukes of Hazard, Starsky and Hutch, and now you've got the A Team coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not excited. I mean, I will probably watch the A Team, but th- there's no expectations for that to be great. Oh, uh, Bradley Cooper as face. Yes, and Liam Neeson is going to be Hannibal. After watching Taken, I'm excited about Liam Neeson being Hannibal, um, but uh, I, I still think it will be kind of kitschy, kind of clever and cute and funny. But I'm not, I'm not going to be like riveted like I am when I watch other things, like I am when I watch uh, Friday Night Lights and and get excited about it, or when I when we watch uh, Lie to Me, which I think is one of the best shows on television right now, or the or the way it is about Lost, like. How there, there's something rich or something deep there. I don't expect that from the A team. Yeah, I tell you something about something about Lost that they have done that, and this is kind of off the subject, but um, you were talking about this, Pat, earlier. The idea that um, Lost has what they did is they started out being a character-driven show, and then they started to incorporate all these other elements like time travel and all this kind of stuff, and so right. people. Like, my wife would never watch a show if it started out first episode being about time travel on this right. weird island. But she really wants to know what happens between Kate and Jack now. And really she will watch it to the end because she wants to know what happens to them. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that... Jack shoots Kate, I'll go ahead and tell you. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Well, that makes me sad. But, um, and it, you know, it's it's funny. If you know anything about the, the Lost Riders or anything like that, they're... They incorporate all these 
different books and they talk about how much they really like Stephen King and there's just a lot of um, literary elements to the show and I, I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying about the Dickens stuff. Do you, do you think TV is getting smarter? Or is it just the TV shows that we watch, maybe? I think it's been polarizing because there are some smart shows, yes, but then I think there are some that are complete redonkulous. Yeah. yeah, I just think part of it is, I mean, the idea is that there's a market for anything now, you know? Yeah. But, but the quality stuff really kind of will always get a chance, you know? Like the garbage will always get a chance too, but the quality stuff really, the, the stuff that's really good will, will rise and get an audience too, just because uh, that's you can't you can't deny that that kind of stuff now. Right. Those Which things is, win awards. It's it's funny, and the Emmys, I guess, are things that nobody really cares about anymore. But they, the the Emmy awards, I think, are like the most spot on. And maybe that's just because I agree with pretty much everybody who wins Emmys and stuff like that. But um, you know, when you when you watch the Academy Awards or the Grammys or something like that, usually it's people you're like, really? That crap won an award, you know? Right. But, but not so with the Emmys just because it, it seems to be like the quality stuff is still getting um, n- noticed and recognized, even though it may not make a ton of money. Right. right. I mean, Friday Night Lights right. is the best example because, I mean, it is one of the most quality shows on television. If not and and, yeah, and it's and it's more real than anything you've ever seen, and it's struggled to find an audience, but it still gets put out because people know how quality it is, you know. All right, but but it will be beaten by Curb Your Enthusiasm, or something like that, which I like. I, I enjoy Curb Your Enthusiasm to a point. I think they keep telling the same joke over and over again. Um, but if, as a side note, if you hadn't seen the finale where they at the last couple of episodes of the season where they're having the Seinfeld reunion, it's awesome because it's really neat to see all these people. Again, you know, Jason Alexander, Julia, Louis Dreyfus, all kind of back together again. But it, it'll get beat out by something that's more of a critical uh, favorite like that one. Unless mm-hmm. we keep fighting. That's when we fight. That's when we're in this. <laughs> Bring it to the front. <laughs> that's right. Um, what, what, what is the, uh, what's the future of TV? Like, where's it gonna, what are we going to be saying about it 10 years from now when nobody has cable and when everything is streamed on demand? on your TV. I mean, don't you, does anybody disagree that that's where it's going? I would say right now that we don't have cable, but we watch tons of stuff through, through the internet too. But if I could pay, if you could, if you could tell me here's your 10 channels that you could pay for, you could pick them for X amount of dollars. I would do that in a heartbeat rather than having to get, you know, a hundred channels and really only care about seven or eight of them. Right. Yeah. Right. But then, I mean, Yeah. But then nobody, you know, think about how many channels would go out of business. Well, that's what A&E, you're talking about anyway. A&E, really? My, grandma, <laughs> my grandmother would tear it out. No, I guess A&E would still be around. Cause it, Biography. What's still on? Isn't, isn't Mad Men on that? Or what's Mad Men on? We should know. AMC, American Movie oh, Classic. Right. Oh, okay. AMC. And then, but Lifetime, maybe the axe. Does, does anybody have to care to guess, like, I'm looking at the, uh, the the week ending November 22nd, the top 20 network primetime series. Does anybody have to t- care to take a guess at what some of the top 10 were? You're Dancing talking about last week? Yeah, it ended November 22nd. Dancing with the Stars. Number two. That was the yeah. finale. Um, and it was beat out by? Uh, 
biggest one loser of, finale. That was NCSI, which is surprising. It, it, that NC, is surprising. Yeah, I was going to say NCIS because my, my parents yeah, watch that. Is. Like, it's going out of style. That too. NCIS. <laughs> NICS. <laughs> oh, and, and then NCIS Los Angeles was number eight. Yep. Yeah, because I know at one time that CSI and CSI Miami and CSI New York were all in the top ten. Because I remember watching – this yeah. was like three years ago when I was looking at lost – looking for lost ratings, and I was like, holy crap, you mean to tell me that three C- CSIs are – Yeah, they're 7, 14, and 13. Yeah. That's and, crazy. Oh, and Dance with the Stars and Dance with the Stars were the results show were number two and number four. Mm-hmm. You had what, what? Sunday Night Football, Eagles versus Bears was number three. Uh, 60 Minutes was five. The Mentalist, six. Oh, NCIS Los Angeles is eight. The American Music Awards and Grey's Anatomy rounded out the top ten. So, can we are those are those stats still 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 valid? You think are Nielsen ratings still valid? Because none of us are counted in those. And I mean, I know that we're not. We're kind of a small. I mean, they don't count everybody. But I mean, right. are they count? Are they taking into account the number of people who consume television like we do? Uh, I would. I would know. I don't think so. I mean, they can't put boxes on internet viewing or anything like that. I, I was reading an article. Did you yeah. read that article in Fast Company not too long ago about Hulu? Yeah. Um, and it was talking about how Hulu is just this brilliant, genius idea that was come up by the networks, but it's still not turning much of a profit. You know, right. it's still not making very much money. Right. As as Leo Laporte said, we've traded in analog dollars for digital dimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I feel like the future of TV is really going to look different. In fact, this may be the last gasp, you know, if it, if it isn't a Dickens. If we're if we're experiencing a golden age with all these great shows that we um, like to watch and that people like to watch. We haven't even mentioned Glee. I'm not a big Glee fan, but I know that people are crazy about that show. Um, but is this the last gasp? Is this all the networks and all the cable channels trying to throw everything in uh, to to get viewers before things become so segmented? And so, and really, so unprofitable that uh, they they can't afford this anymore. I'll say yeah. NBC, NBC is, seems like it's hurting big time. I think that's why they put Jay Leno there on the uh, oh yeah on their nine p.m. ten p.m. slot. But it look, is looking at this week ending November twenty second. NBC had two television shows in the entire top twenty, and one was Sunday Night Football, and one was Sunday Night Football pre kickoff. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> and so wow. Um, well, and the thing about that is, is that but they really have the that, office and and uh, and Thirty Rock. I can't believe it. That's why I think those. That's why I think those things are are off base because yeah. Here it is: the top so twenty primetime series for the entire season, and NBC has nothing in there except those two football shows. Golly, well, that's crazy. But the, the I guess the thing about that is, is that all the networks I think are declining when it comes to. TV and, and stuff like that. But except for, I, I was reading something about ESPN and how much they draw. And it's because them and live TV, like uh, all all the time, like CNN and Fox News and stuff like that, they're the only ones that are still keeping viewers because they have current things that they're still broadcasting. Like, I, you know, I can't, I can't watch something on Hulu. I can't watch a football game on Hulu. Like and it's just not the same because I I want I want right. to watch it live you know those right. are really the only things that um that really 
will keep viewers coming because if it's something that's serialized like that, I will find another way to watch it than have to be at my in front of my TV on Thursday night at eight eight o'clock or whatever. Right, right. right. So yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody that's like, ooh, I got to get home because they have TiVo or they have they're going to watch it later on the internet. Yeah, I have five friends who wait and watch everything until it comes out on DVD. Yeah. Just because they want to watch it back to back and they want to make it on their own time. You know, they just, it, it's just easier to do that. So I think the networks are going to have to get more creative about how they put stuff out. Well, I think and, that's looking at Friday Night Lights when the first season came out on DVD. It was priced much lower when it first came out than any other television series. It was only like $19.95 or whatever, right at $20. And because they're making a huge push for the TV show on the front end there, which I give NBC a lot of credit for that. Um, at the same time, I still question sometimes their placement of the nights that it comes on and, and the way they don't market the show. I think DirecTV has done amazing. I think I've talked to people that see the DirecTV commercials all the time. But I think you're seeing the, the networks themselves market their television shows, their DVD releases a lot better now. Right. And that's what the strike was about, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't getting the, – the writers weren't getting DVD profits. And uh, I think I no, thought it was, it was more it of was uh, internet. Yeah, I thought it was either streaming or buying uh, it off of iTunes. And the thing about that is, is that because I've read a lot of articles about the writer strike, apparently they're kind of divided. But the guys who kind of put together the writer strike, uh, the guys who were the head of the writers guild, basically kind of gave them false hope in the fact that there's not a whole lot of income coming from internet right now, but they made it seem like there was a lot and that the writers were all missing out on it. And, um, yeah, I don't know that that just seems, I guess that's a totally different conversation, but that's, there's just not a lot of money to be made on the internet right now. We know Netflix has gotten into the mix too. I know you can watch all but the last season of lost, I think now and all three seasons of Friday night lights on Netflix, as well as, a boatload of other series. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody's going to come out and be like the, like the place to go. It may be Hulu. Who knows what's going to happen when Hulu has to charge. Of course, when they, when they can charge for shows, they're going to get more shows. Um, but, but, uh, but will, you know that Hulu was, it's, it's a product of NBC and, Fox. and Fox. They're the ones who, who commissioned it. And then ABC jumped on the train. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Let's go to that voicemail. Hi, it's Sandy in Seattle. Um, I just wanted to say the podcast has been great with you three guys. It's been really funny. You make me laugh, and you have great insights into the show and the characters' motivations and um, what you think is going to come next. Anyway, good job. I liked it. And I think on last week's episode, you said that you were going to talk about TV. This week, since there's not a new FNL, you were just going to talk about TV in general. So I just wanted to call in and say that I think TV is phenomenal right now. Well, you know, there's a lot of trash on TV, but the good stuff is really good. I don't know if you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, The Sports Guy, but he was talking about this one day, how, how great TV is. And how it, it just seems more important in our lives right now than movies are. You know, people talk about the TV shows a lot more than they do movies, at least in my experience. I think there's a lot of great people working in TV, you know, writers and actors. And so 
um, I won't go into a lot of detail about my shows because I don't know what you watch and that would be boring for you. But um, my husband and I love to have marathons. So once a show gets a lot of buzz, you know, then we'll have a marathon and we'll get caught up so that we can start watching it live, you know. That's what we did with SNL. That's what we did with The Sopranos. That's what we did with um, Mad Men. We just did that with Entourage because my husband didn't watch it from the beginning. And um, we've had an Entourage Marathon recently. It's a great show. Also, The Office has long been one of my favorites. And Michael Scott is one of my favorite characters ever. I know a lot of people A lot of people hate him. And I mean, there are reasons to hate him. But I just, I just love him. I have a lot of sympathy for him. Um, and Glee. Oh, I love Glee. Glee is great. Jane Lynch is so freaking funny on that show. I mean, it's campy and it's crazy, but that show is hilarious. And Modern Family. I know, Blake, you mentioned Modern Family. That show's been really good. So, anyway, those are some of my thoughts about TV. So, keep up the good work, and you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, bye. And I think Sandy brings up a lot of good points there. And uh, Russ, you had actually talked to me about that Bill Simmons article or podcast as well one time about about how TV seems to be becoming the, the biggest thing. And I think we've been talking a lot about that already. Um, and she mentions a lot of television shows that uh, that we talked about here. And Modern Family, we talked about it a time or two um, already today. But I think it's has one of those it's one of those shows that has the potential of maybe having some longevity because it's kind of quirky, but it's taken three distinct uh, families but they're overall part of one big family and try right. to play them against each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, that show is fantastic, by the way. I need to watch it, Dan. Y'all are like the seventh and eighth people that have told me, but the first four were people that I don't really trust their opinion when it comes to TV, but I trust I've, yours. I've opened my mouth several times to say, so-and-so is my favorite actor because he's great on the show or so-and-so is my favorite character. And I, I keep thinking of people that I like just as much. Like, it's hard to pick. Like, it's just, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. And the community is, is another one, I think, that it, it and uh, community and Modern Family seem to be the two new comedies that I've identified with at least this season. You like I haven't. And that has Chevy Chase in it. It does. He has a bit part in it, though, right? Ah. Uh, it's no, he's he's one of the major, the five or six major characters in this thing. I would call him but, bit, but he's he's goofy. He's Mister Belding in <laughs> Community. Now he's not the principal of the place, but he like that's that's what he offers. It's out of touch, kind of quirky. Yeah, it's it started out really good, but it's kind of the same storyline every week now. There's some and characters. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have that overarching thing that is so captivating about shows now, and so there's really not any tension. It, it does have uh, the two characters on there that I think could have their own spinoff, which is Abed and Troy. Um, right, they're the reason I watch it more than the the you know whoever the main guy is, Jeff and Britta and those characters. Um, right, Abed and Troy, I think, have a future somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Abed, I, 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 that that guy's in little. Um... <laughs> Little bit parts in a lot of different movies that I've seen and stuff. Right. So, um, that uh, that Simmons podcast that uh, she was talking about in that voicemail, he was talking with Chris Connolly, who used to be an MTV news personality. Now right. he's on ESPN and stuff. But they were trying to 
basically define the best movie of the past 10 years, the decade, because it's about to be over. And, um, and just, and they couldn't, they had trouble coming up with a, a movie that really sticks out where they said, you know, there are two or three TV shows that I think just really would define what this decade is all about, which uh, I think, you know, is, was pretty uh, telling. So, Which ones did they say? Um, I don't know if they even really named any, um, other than just the fact that they talked about Project Runway. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and, uh, Top Chef. Yeah. Hell's um, Kitchen. Yeah. How many cooking reality shows are there? Like, we could just probably name like five of those. I could name Too any many. of them, but, uh, I know there are a ton of them on even Food Network and TLC and places like that. The, the truth, the thing is, I heard this stat a couple of weeks ago, actually on another Slate podcast, that more people watch Food Network now than ever before, and less people cook now in their homes. <laughs> Which I think is a, a glaring statement about the place TV has in our lives in general. I think more people watch football than play football too. I think that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, I, we need to. I, I don't think we can do this. Um, uh, in this, and since we've taken up so much time already, but I have this theory called the Screech Syndrome, um, uh-huh. that a, a character on a TV show is defined as like this really big geek, uh-huh. but in reality they're not. They're not that geeky just because they hang out with the cool people all the time, right? Like Screech, Land- yeah, Landry. Landry. He's part of the. He's a part of the Screech Syndrome because he's really this geek. He's gotten two beautiful women to be with him, and he plays. On, I mean, he did play on a football team that was, you know, the, even though he didn't play very much. I mean, he just seems right. – and he's friends with Riggins and Saracen and, like, Gosh. all the – Yeah. And he's in a band. He's a musician. Yeah. He's the most dynamic character on the show, yet he is uh, – I'll say he was important enough to the Dylan Panthers that he could uh, sleep late, get a hangover, and then catch a ride and miss the team bus to state game and still get to play special teams. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. It's Landry. So, and he drove the starting quarterback to the uh, state title his sophomore year, or actually his freshman year, I guess. When uh, he drove uh, Grandma Saracen to the to Austin. That's right. Along with Ty- Tyra and Lila. And wasn't it like Tyra's sister was with him or something? Mindy. Yeah, that's funny. Think enough Friday Night Lights. I know that we've not talked much about it. So as we as we get close to the end here. Um, Looking towards the next week, I don't know if, Pat, if you said you haven't seen the previews yet, but we do know no. that Lila is going to be coming back. Hey, guys, I've got a split. Uh, I haven't seen the previews for next week because I like to be surprised, so I'll let you all uh, finish this out, and I'll be back next week. All right. Have a good one. See you, Pat. See you, Pat. And looking towards next week, we see that Lila is going to be back, and I don't know. We haven't really heard much about the situation with her and Tim. Um, other than last week, they said he said they decided to go in different directions. But do we consider that a breakup? Yeah, well, I think so. Um, who was I talking? I was talking with this about somebody else. Is that I thought I thought they did break up when he told her. Like, I mean, I guess they didn't officially say let's break up or whatever. But I thought they they had broken up when he said you need to go to Vanderbilt or whatever. Um, so. And then why is she coming back? Because I wouldn't have expected that she would be that close with Matt. Um, uh, I didn't even think about that. You know, there's probably some 
like way that they're they're gonna tie it in, or you know, maybe it should just be home from Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. They're, they get fall break and stuff. That's one thing I, I thought about this week. Have we ever seen a Thanksgiving meal on Friday Night Lights? No, and I can't even remember. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there. I mean, I, I can't even remember like a, any big time holiday themes during the show. Halloween, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't even. I mean, I guess a lot of it takes place during football season. Right, which is so, Halloween and Halloween and the course state uh, title run will go through November and right yeah. at this time now. So I was just curious about that. And another thing, you know, I think it was Pat last week that said that he wonders if Matt is now going to go into the military because his dad's passing away. But one of the things, if he is... He's going to learn to shoot before he can get in the military. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they can train him up. Shoot up in the air. But so. uh, if his dad doesn't have any other children, which we strongly assume he does not, then mm-hmm. Matt will be getting a pretty fair... A benefits package, I would assume, you know, life insurance and and mm-hmm. things like that from the military. So I wonder if this would be enough money for him then to decide to go and pay himself for going to college somewhere. I, I don't know. Uh, if that's an exit strategy. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And I, I got to say that when he goes away, he's going to be – there haven't been too many characters. Like when they – I like the way they, they ended it, smash the story – um, I wasn't, this is going to sound bad, but street, I, I was kind of ready for him to go to, um, I, I like, I like the way they ended his story. It seems like that, but I'm going to really hate to see Saracen go. He, he right. probably has been my favorite character over the past three years. Um, the one that I've, you know, that I, I don't, uh, that I just like more than any other other ones. And Luke is making a push for that. Actually, I really, I, I'm a big fan of Luke, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him and how he goes. I, I wouldn't think that it would be that he would go into the military, but probably just sh- surely there'll be some way for him to go to college. You would think. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a life insurance policy or something that allows the finances to work out right. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that about does it for this week. We have many different ways for you to be able to contact us. You can call in as Sandy did to the voicemail line at 662-259-0185. You can email us at fnlpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash fnlpodcast. And, of course, there's the the website, which is fnlpodcast.com. Many different ways, but the best way would be just to go to the website and you would see all those places listed. So looking forward to uh, everybody that's that's listening. Let us know some feedback. Please... uh, Send a tweet out if you if you're on Twitter about that. And one thing we'd love to see you do is to go on iTunes, search for us there, and write a review. Um, you can write a review and tell us uh, what you like, what we can do better, or what you think about it, or um, why you do like us, whatever the case may be. But we'd love some feedback um, on iTunes as well. So until next time, see ya. See ya.